0: Five, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a podcast radio show for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I am Father Andrew Dickinson. Happy for... Happy for... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what an auspicious way to begin the first podcast in the fifth season. Happy yeah. Easter, Father.
1: And happy Easter to you. Christ is risen.
0: He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Alleluia. Alleluia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Probably Lord, for you. Professional
1: grade. Professional grade here. <laughs>
0: professional at- grade. <laughs> Lessons in humility, exhibit Z for me. Um, uh, did you have a good Easter, Father? Kind of a slow 30. time for you. Yeah, Yeah, it was
1: yeah. Good, uh, good Masses, good uh, celebration. I think I counted about 17 and a half hours of confessions from Palm Sunday through uh, my 30 minutes of confessions before Mass on Easter Sunday morning at my mission parish. Nice. Yeah.
0: Wait, a bunch of sinners in your parish. What the heck's the problem? Aren't they you- just want to be saints. <laughs> I was going to say, aren't you leading them to holiness? <laughs> well, yes, yes, you are um so uh, before we get into today's topic, which uh does relate somewhat in a roundabout way to divine mercy um we uh just want to rem-
1: relates directly to confessions in the sacrament
0: it does you are correct sir
1: i was trying to give you set you up
0: thank you i missed the i missed that uh what do you call that transition thing between <laughs> I don't know. If you could only see our producer father uh sh- chagrinning right now like oh if only the listeners
1: could see
0: If only the listeners could see Tim Tim oh. Tim Tim used to work in professional media and uh, now he's to put up with us amateurs <laughs> So anyway no. hold on now hold on I'm trying to do the professional introduction thing here father be quiet <laughs> No um what we're going to be talking about today is uh, the looming, as we're recording this, canonization of two of our popes. But before we get into today's topic, as, as we uh, always do, or always try to, uh, remind you, dear listener, that uh, we, we, we welcome your feedback. We welcome questions you have about this or any previous episodes of Ignition you've perhaps listened to. Um, we welcome ideas for future episodes, any questions you might have. Uh, a few weeks back, we did a Q&A episode and uh, have, have, have leftover questions that we'll address in a future episode, we could be happy to add your questions to the list. Um, or if any topics that you'd like us to spend some time on, we'd uh, we'd love to hear those. And so the best way to to get that information, those questions, those ideas for future topics for future episodes, the best way to get them to us is by emailing me. Uh, my email address is cbergwald at sfcatholic.org, C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. And you can find past episodes of Ignition on the Diocesan website, Diocese of Sioux Falls. The address for our website is www.sfcatholic.org, www.sfcatholic.org, and if you just look under the media section um, in the audio files, you'll find uh, past issue, past episodes of Ignition. Um, So, Father, now that we got that ham-fisted and completely uh, amateur introduction out of the way, how about we get to today's topic? Sounds like a good deal to me. Okay, good. segue. by the way, that's the word that I was looking for earlier, segue. We're segueing now to uh, the meat of the program, the heart of things. Um, so this Sunday, the the second Sunday of Easter, um, the the octave of Easter, is has been, for the last several years has been celebrated as Divine Mercy Sunday. And this particular particular Divine Mercy Sunday is is going to be a day of great rejoicing uh, for the Church because we are also, in addition, most importantly, to celebrating the Divine Mercy, God's. God's abundant mercy upon us poor sinners, Um, we are also celebrating, we'll be celebrating the canonization of two of the church's recent popes. Blessed John the uh, 23rd, who was elected in 1958 and died in 1963, and in that time, of course, called the Second Vatican Council. And we're also celebrating the, the canonization of Blessed John Paul II, who was elected in 1978, uh, 20 years after John the uh, 23rd, and died in 2005. And in many ways, he obviously elected several years, 13 years after the council had concluded, but in the mind of many scholars, many church observers, really took a major step in implementing the council. Paul VI, of course, is the one who formally concluded Vatican II and began the implementation process. John Paul II, over the span of his lengthy pontificate, um, was was the pope who, who sort of took that to the next step. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about today about about these, these these two popes and their significance for the life of the church in our time. Um, but I just want to begin uh, sort of on a personal note. For me, and, and, and Father and I talked about this before we recorded a bit, and I think we've talked about this in, in, in past episodes when we've both shared our um, conversion or reversion stories, if you will. Uh, for me, John Paul Second played from Distance uh, an important part in my reversion. Uh, I I I was born before his election as pope, um, but I came of age and and I and I and I returned or came to a fervent faith uh, during my college years during his papacy during his pontificate, um, and and I, I, uh, I really started reading him and his his official works as pope, uh, some of the, the the books he had written, the interviews he had given. Um, and and really became uh, the the a great means, a tool if you will, by which that God used to to give me a love for the church that that I hadn't had prior to that in my life um, and then uh, I've mentioned before I was blessed to, to study in Rome for three years um, and uh, th- that was from 1997 until the year 2000 uh, my first fall in Rome uh, of course went to many papal masses but uh, at, a, at a mass for university students uh, it was, uh, I was I, I got to briefly shake his hand which, which I was ecstatic about <laughs> literally for hours Father I, I went back to to the house I mean I saw uh, getting on the bus leaving if you've ever been to St. Peter's and Father yeah you've been you've been to Rome at least once right couple times couple times without Um, even
1: throwing any money into the Trevi Fountain
0: without what what yep okay that's another story um so so father's been there maybe perhaps uh some of you listeners maybe we've been to rome before but uh could be very packed especially when there's papal events uh but but leaving this i was on a bus and there happened to be one of my um uh one of the one of the the other men who lived in in the same housing dorm so to speak that i lived in and i was so excited to be. and i, I my italian was awful at the time it was literally like the first two or three months that i was in italy um he was from Brazil. Uh, his Italian was okay, but he didn't speak any English. So I'm trying to gesture in my hand that this is the hand that touched him. I'm uh, so excited. Called my then girlfriend, now wife. Called my parents. Called all these people back in the states to tell them that I shook the hand of John Paul II. A couple of years later, my my then girlfriend, uh, now wife, we got married, and we were blessed to have our wedding blessed by John Paul II. Got a, a beautiful picture of of the two of us greeting him and asking for his prayers on us, and and he. Feels Future children that God would bless us and has blessed us with, um, so we've got that picture at home. So um, is, this, just,
1: is that where you showed up with your uh, like in your tux and her and her wedding dress? Yeah, thing? she
0: she actually it wasn't the wedding dress in which we got married because too too much trouble, frankly, to bring that over from the states to Rome. So she went went. <sighs> went at a wedding West. She rented yeah, well, a wedding what dress. That, Dr. Yeah, exactly. Um, she rented a wedding dress and, and I wore uh, a suit, and Ty, of course, and, and, um, uh, I met him and, uh, again, Esther is a blessing. So just in that personal way, uh, but, but also, um, just as, as a Catholic, uh, and, and I know father that, you know, many, many other people, I think many, you know, s- sometimes you hear about priests being John Paul II priest and so on. He, John Paul II, of course, world youth day, he started world youth days and, for many Catholics, uh, uh, played an important young Catholics, he played an important role in in their becoming excited about the faith, excited about Christ, about the Church, about being well, Catholic. It,
1: it's, it's such a long pontificate, and during the rise of the media age, and for Pope who really understood uh, the public stage, right in that regard, from his life as an actor uh, and things like that before he was ever a priest. Uh, just understanding the power of mass communication and making use of it, and 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 certainly so just he saw the opportunity uh, for the advance of the gospel that way and took it, and so I had that impact.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. This, as you said, this is well on the cusp of the 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 growth of the internet. So social media wasn't around the way it is now. Of course, Twitter, Facebook, etc. Um, but 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 took advantage of 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 the the tool, the access to the media that you did have. And just a couple, you know, one of the f- f- father. I'm not sure if you have you um, read George Weigel's biography, A Witness to Hope, by chance? I don't know if you have or not.
1: I have a number of years ago. Yeah, I mean, maybe 2003,
0: 2004. Yeah, and so this is a George Weigel is a, a theologian, but he had um, become familiar with the teachings and then got to know personally, uh, blessed soon to be St. John Paul II and wrote uh, a really a great biography, probably the closest thing that we'll ever get to. Well, it is the closest thing we'll ever get to an author, authorized uh, biography of John Paul II. Um, and Wegel has his own take on things and it comes through many in certain ways. But by and large, it's it's a great presentation of the life and teaching of of this this man and father i know just a couple little there are a couple little anecdotes that weggle relates in his book that have stuck with me and i and, and yeah like like you it's been quite some time since i read it um But two in particular I I want to mention uh, in this episode of Ignition. um, One, uh, he he, Weigel tells the story of of a a French journalist who was in Rome when John Paul II was elected, and and in his story back to Paris he he said you know because the big news of course I think we now you know we've had John Paul II uh, the Polish Pope Ratzinger uh, Benedict the Sixteenth the German Pope and then Bergoglio the uh, French. Pope Francis, the Argentinian pope, we forget that John Paul II was the first non-Italian pope in over 450 years. Right. Um, so it was it was a big deal that there was a, the new pope. He was not Italian, and even though more than that, he was Polish. Um, and coming under from uh, from a communist regime, exactly behind oh. the Iron Curtain, Eastern the Eastern Bloc, etc. cetera. Uh, the, it's a, the the communist regime,
1: the, you know, or the the atheistic communist regime,
0: exactly. I mean, I think you know, again for us. Having experiences, and, and they're just, frankly, 1978 being a little while ago, we forget the significance of, of having uh, just th- th- that biographical Reality of who this was being elected, but this this uh, this French journalist wrote back. I think Andre Foussard, I think, is his name, who at the time may he had been an atheist. If he wasn't still at this time, 1970, an atheist, but he wrote back um, in, in, in the story that he would submit. He said, "This isn't a pope from Poland. This is a pope from Galilee." Just the first encounters that he had, just in the crowd of of the new pope, uh, Carl Wojtyla, John Paul II, uh, struck by something about this man and just Christ radiating from him, very very powerful, dynamic personality. Um, f- who for him, at least, Christ really shone forth through him. And then the other one I remember the, the other anecdote that wegel shares in his book uh, from uh, 1993's World Youth Day in Denver, when. Jump on the second coming. Father, were you, I, I think we've talked about this before. I can't remember. Were you in Denver for World Youth Day?
1: I was at the ripe old age of, I think, 13.
0: 30, okay, I was not. I didn't care at that point. <laughs> that was pre-conversion for me. Um,
1: I don't know if I cared. I was 13. I was like, hey, go to this party <laughs> thing. Okay,
0: sure. <laughs> there we go. So, but the story of you know, John Paul II coming to the stadium where you and tens of thousands of other youth were were waiting to greet him and and the helicopter pilot who was bringing John Paul II to Mile High Stadium, right, that's where, where you were, right? Does that sound familiar? That's on right, yeah. Coming in, um, and the the cheers and the shouting, the chanting of the youth uh, greeting John Paul II. The the pilot who had flown helicopters in Vietnam said it was very much like the the, it, the air. There's literally turbulence in the air because of all the sheer cheering and shouting of 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 you young people greeting the Pope. So that just another powerful story that stuck out. But the, just the excitement that he generated, uh, particularly among young people, um, and seeing that in a very clear way there. So just those are two little little you know fun stories that stuck out to me from from Weigel's um, biography of John Paul II but the other thing father that you 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 reminded me of uh, before we recorded when we were talking about this topic um, we have John Paul II to thank for in some ways this podcast we do what and what do you,
1: uh, Pope John the 23rd
0: and but yeah both of them frankly what 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 do we what do we mean by that what do you mean by that
1: well, uh, the full title of this podcast and broadcast is "Ignition: A Broadcast for the New Evangelization." And this impetus and effort of the new evangelization really depends, in some ways, on uh, Pope John the Twenty Third and uh, John Paul the uh, Second. Pope John the Twenty Third and kind of the launching of it in his what he desired with the Second Vatican Council of a new Pentecost. Uh, and Pope John Paul II and how he implemented it and gave it uh life and form and, and kind of incarnated that desire of John the 23rd in uh the actions of his pontificate.
0: Right. So John, the, the purpose, and we've, I know we've talked about this before, uh, Vatican II, um, the purpose for the council, as far as John, Pope John was concerned, was um, to, to provide a moment in which the life of the church could be renewed in our time so that the gospel message might be proclaimed in, a, in not a new way in the sense of new content, but a new way in the sense of how it's presented to so that, that men and women in our time might more easily receive the, the good news of Jesus Christ, of, of, of His teachings as we receive them. In through the church, um, so that was the desire for the council. Um, John Pope John Paul II uh, was present at the council as a bishop, very much a proponent of that vision and a proponent proponent of the council itself. And so he, going back to Poland to Krakow as bishop after the council, and then as pope, sought to further that to to implement that vision of the council to to renew the life of of the church uh, in, in our time, so that people of the world might receive it. Um, in in a new way, with a new vigor, and and he was the one who ter- first termed uh, or used that term, the new evangelization. Um, from again, from which we get the the title of our of our little show here. So, Father, anything along those lines, particularly sort of looking at the big picture, uh, what strikes you about the you know the, the canonization of these two men? What, what does that have to say, or even even apart from that, just the canonization of these two men as popes? What's, what does this mean for us? What does it mean for the church in our time? Any thoughts along those lines?
1: Oh, I think it certainly means um, you know. Uh, uh, well, for one thing, it means we have official intercessors in heaven. I mean, that's yes. just the bare-bones meaning of it, right? Yes. Right. Um, and then uh, I think the other thing to think about it would be of uh, if, if we didn't have an official stamp on it, both in uh, what actions of Pope Benedict uh, and other actions of Pope Francis, such as the establishment of a council for a new evangelization, uh, establishing... Um, a pontifical uh, advisory in that way of the new evangelization, if that already wasn't uh, in place, I think this all the more enshrined this idea of an evangelical outlook on the part of the church.
0: So, that, that this idea of the church not as you know sort of um, if if. Instead of circling the wagons, the idea of going out, of, of, of boldly proclaiming the gospel, uh, being in, the, in the, the, for many well-known words of John Paul II, be not afraid. Uh, be not afraid to, to cast your nets out into the deep, to proclaim Christ, to, to invite people. Um, so many of the things that the initiatives that are going on in the church um, are, are, are because of, from one way or the other, John Paul II, and even earlier, John twenty third,
1: Correct. I think I think that's kind of the real big take on that is that uh, just and uh, perhaps even you know, with Pope Francis in a somewhat um unprecedented move, he's uh, canonizing Pope John the twenty third. well, actually, both these somewhat unprecedented canonizations, Pope John the twenty third being canonized without a second miracle after his beatification miracle. and uh, John Paul the uh, second, Pope Benedict, had uh, waived the normal waiting period. Uh, even Mother Teresa didn't get her waiting period waived. I believe if that if my memory serves
0: yeah, correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So go ahead, sorry, Go
1: ahead. And so, uh, so with those kind of uh, in both those cases, a, the Church now these aren't uh, divine laws. These are church. These are laws that the Church sets for herself, and therefore the Holy Father can. Uh, in a certain sense, do with as he can apply as he wishes, but that the church you know, usually does reserve and, and takes some reason to to wait and wait for these sort of verifications on things before acting. This certainly does say uh, say something of Pope Francis's emphasis of this.
0: Yeah, and John twenty third. So Father mentioned the the waiving of the requirement for the second miracle. What, and we, um, we've talked about this as well before. When somebody becomes a saint, right now the, the, the normal requirement is that there be two bona fide, verified miracles attributed to their intercession. Um, the, the, in order for the, one for them to become blessed, another for them to become uh, can, for them to be canonized, um, and that was uh, waived in the case of the second one for John the Twenty Third. Now that wasn't the 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 advice of the congregation for. the the um, advancement of the cause of saints or whatever the formal title is for that 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 department within the vatican that oversees this process of of investigating the cause to sainthood of of men and women um they had also said we, we think there's enough here even though there isn't a second miracle and father i did that somewhere i think i heard that 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 it's it's that has happened before where there have been uh, people canonized without the second miracle but it was definitely seen as unusual and as you said also Benedict waiving that requirement um, and then Francis sort of well, going ahead and 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 confirming the canonization for John Paul II so quickly after his death I mean 2005 in, in the, the scope of the life of the church 2005 was like this morning uh, right. and, and the fact that we're having him canon Already is uh, is is surprising. Exciting for many, but uh, surprising. It ought to be surprising for everyone that it's happened so quickly, as you said.
1: Right. And uh, um, uh, so, I mean, then that certainly just adds to kind of momentous nature. It's actually another momentous part of this canonization that we haven't, we didn't talk about ahead of time. I'm just thinking of now. Uh, rumors are that this could be uh, another public appearance of Pope oh, Emeritus Benedict.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, just as far as church history goes, another pretty momentous event.
0: Yeah. So Benedict, uh, then Father Ratzinger was present at the council um, as as a a theological advisor to one of the German bishops, also very much an advocate and proponent of the vision for the council that John the Twenty Third had, and then working, having worked for so not only succeeding John the John Paul II as pope. But having worked as his, as his sort of right hand man when it comes to matters of faith and doctrine uh, for so long, John Paul II was the one who th- I think three times refused Cardinal Ratzinger's um, desire to resign. Right, um, and and uh, so uh, Ratzinger had to stick around in Rome. <laughs> wanted to go home to Germany to write theology and teach and teach. Um, John Paul II asked him to stay on for for the uh, to to serve the church in that capacity, and uh, I'm sure that's part. If he had gone back to Germany, who knows if he would have been elected as pope?
1: If he would have been retired cardinal. Would they have elected him? Exactly. Would so, have been the conclave. Would yep. they have elected him?
0: Yep. So I you know I I do think I I think you're right, Father. There's this is Francis um, by by canonizing them together on the same day uh, in in Rome, Uh, sending a message, solidifying, cementing, if you will, um, this this direction in the life of the church for our time. The other thing, Father, it's going to be really crowded.
1: Yeah. My goodness, I can't imagine
0: how crazy it's going to be. Oh, my goodness. So I was in Rome during the Great Jubilee, the Most The much of the year 2000. Um, was in St. Peter's, the, the Christmas Eve 1999, when the Jubilee formally began. And just the crowds that I saw during that year. And And honestly, <laughs> I wasn't very mature as a Christian, but I got frustrated at all these people who were, what the heck, I can't get around my city. It's not yeah. my city, but that's kind of... Was my attitude at the time, but but I, they're talking about millions of people, and I'm guessing just based on you know, I, obviously I was I wasn't in Rome uh, in 2005, but Father, I watched the 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 coverage of John Paul his funeral and just the the hundreds of thousands, if if I think maybe a million people who were there then, so add similar number of people who are coming for his canonization, plus all the 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 many certainly Italians and others who who think remember so fondly good Pope John. Um, good luck getting close to St. Peter's Square if you're going to be in Rome this weekend.
1: Yeah, uh, the um, when and because the, the Italians still really do love. Uh, Pope John the Twenty Third, and uh, he was Italian. He was a, a, a peasant Italian, um, and uh, and so certainly very loved in that way.
0: And I think going back to what you said, you know, when I asked you, you know, so what is the takeaway? What does this mean for us? And your first point: well, we have two two figures who we can pray for, uh, and I, I think that's that's worth repeating. I mean, this, John Paul II and John the Twenty Third, the Church is stating in a definitive way, are in heaven. They are with god father son holy spirit with mary and all the angels and saints um they we we can and we can seek their intercession we can we can and we've been able to just you know this of course in a sense with them is blessed but now as saints we can uh seek their intercession which again when for father i think especially with john paul II, when somebody alive during our lifetime who was so known by so many people the fact that that we now pray to him like other saints is a little i don't know not disconcerting it sounds it's a bad word or gives it a bad sense but it's just odd in a way to me
1: well it's a transition
0: right right yep so, so I think just remembering that these these two figures in, in recent church history, but now we can we can seek their intercession. And then also, Father, just m- their models. And, uh, any thoughts on that from you as as a priest? These are two men who began like you. They were ordained to the priesthood, um, and, and and models that way. Any, any any thoughts on on the significance of them as as models for for the life of a priest today?
1: Well. Uh, Thank you for the compliment, but uh, as far as being like me, the only likeness I probably have is the ontological likeness <laughs> of being a priest in the order of uh, Um The uh, um, gosh, there's a whole lot. To, that's that's a, that's a that's a big question. I think mostly just of that uh, openness to be with people.
0: Ooh.
1: I think that uh, can kind of put Francis's phrase in that regard: that a shepherd must have the smell of his sheep. Mm. Um, and there's a theological point in that, or the whole idea of the incarnation—that Christ came down and lived among us as a man, you know, in our human life and all things but sin. And so, uh, the priesthood, uh, as part of an imitation of Christ, must be a living amongst his people.
0: And 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 we see that in various ways, different ways, uh, but but it's something that we definitely saw in both of these men and their pontificates. Very much so. Yeah,
1: the humor of. Uh, Pope John the Twenty Third, which is famous, uh, and the uh, simple roots of Pope John the Twenty Third, and the uh, you know roots of John Paul II in uh, World War Two Poland and communist oppressed poland and uh all sorts of things in that way just a great connection with the common man
0: right and so that's and and i think that's you meant we mentioned that already with john the 23rd beloved by the italians john paul ii beloved by so many people around the world because he traveled so extensively um come this sunday uh it'll be saint john the 23rd saint john paul ii uh pray for us pretty incredible and with that, we will drop, draw—not drop—but draw that this episode of Ignition to a close. Again, you can find past episodes um, of Ignition on our Dacism website, www.sfcatholic.org, or you can email me, Chris, for any ideas or questions you have about this uh, episode of Ignition. C. Bergwald at sfcatholic.org. C B U R G W A L D at sfcatholic.org.
1: Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
0: Amen.